Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 2023 Cannon Fire Podcast season predictions show for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season. I'm your host, as always, Rep Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. And uh, I know this is your favorite show of the year. You've been looking forward to this one for many, many weeks now as we are going to do our best to go game by game and predict what we think will happen with Baker Mayfield, head coach Todd Bowles, and the rest of the Buccaneers roster this upcoming season. First and foremost, Evan, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. Like you said, this is this is my favorite show of the year. Um, I just... I. Always like to predict, you know, not not just the the, the bug season, but NFL team seasons anyway. And when we can go game by game, talking about it a little bit, it's always fun. And it's always fun to me after the season to look back on this uh, five months from now and see, you know, how right were we or were we way off on a few things. So in the past, we've, we've gotten some stuff right and we've gotten some stuff way off. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how it plays out this year for us. And I think what's going to make everyone's prediction so much more interesting this season is uh, the discrepancy between one person and the next as to how they view this team. You know, expectations during the Tom Brady era were always relatively high, right? It was a Super Bowl championship window. So every single year, people are picking the Bucks to win 10 plus games, you know, 11 and 5, 11 and 6 with the 17 game schedule. Uh, you know, stuff like that wasn't outlandish to hear. In fact, if you didn't predict the Bucks to have enough wins in a season, people were going to let you know about it. Um, but now that we are past that era and the Bucks are what we refer to as a competitive rebuild team with a new quarterback, a new offensive system, a couple of new pieces on both sides of the ball, and a team that is much younger than it has been in years past, it seems like the opinion of the 2023 Bucks just depends on who you talk to. Um, you know, some people think they're going to be the worst team in the league uh, fighting for the number one overall pick in next year's draft. And other people think that they could win a wide open NFC South and they could also do so by only winning eight, nine, 10 games. Some people think that they will do better than that. And uh, that's just wishful thinking to think the Bucks are going to win more than 11 games this coming year. I'll tell you that right now. But with all that being said, expectations are all over the place for this team for the first time in in three four years it feels like yeah and i can tell you yeah if you're one of those fans we're not you know it's your opinion but 
look, their Super Bowl year, they went 11-5. and five. So if you think they're getting more than 11 wins, if you think you know this current roster is getting more wins in the regular season than the team that won the Super Bowl did, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. So like I said, it's your opinion, and not saying you're wrong, but you are definitely an optimist, I will say. So, yeah, it's uh, just like you said, it's all across the board. So I expect the comments on this video to be – polarizing I, I guess you could yeah. say uh and and to spark a lot of debate so um the buccaneers play we're recording this on september 1st the buccaneers play in approximately nine days is week one at minnesota so um season's almost here yeah it's gonna be like a minefield down there uh but by all means leave your season predictions for the buccaneers in the comment section down below if you are watching over on youtube or hit us up on social media if you're listening on any of our podcast outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Week one for the Bucks, they are on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, September 10th, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That game is on CBS, and I will include the network week to week because in years past, the Bucks have been a majority Fox team, uh, but that does not seem to be the case this year. They are on all types of networks. So we'll be movies now. There is no like discrepancy between the NFC AFC anymore. It's free for all. So the Vikings were a 13 win team last season. They still have Kirk Cousins at the helm. Uh, but not only is their division in the NFC North kind of similar to the Bucks uh, as to where it's wide open. You know, a lot of uncharted territory. I, I think as of right now, the Lions look like the most established team in the NFC North, which is really saying something. Um, but their GM also said himself that the Vikings are in, quote, a competitive rebuild period, which a lot of people have said about Tampa Bay. So it's like, gee, where have I heard that before? Uh, they do have some new pieces. They brought in Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator, but they still lost some major pieces on both sides of the ball. Most recently, Dalvin Cook signing with the Jets. With that being said, I personally think this game has potential to be a lot more competitive than most people might think. It's going to be week one football for both teams. So the sloppiness, the ring rust, whatever you want to call it, I think that's going to be prevalent for both teams. I don't think either side is going to play perfect football, but I think for Minnesota, having an explosive player on offense like Justin Jefferson uh, might be the difference maker in this game. It's going to be a tough test for that Buccaneer secondary week one on the road. And I think for the Bucs to win this game, they would have to pull off a pretty big upset. So I have the Bucs starting their season 0-1. Yeah, you know, Kirk Cousins has been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL over the past few years and doesn't get talked about as much because in the big moments, you know, they were one and done in the playoffs. Um, you know, in, in the big moments, they've come up short. And you talk about, you know, losing Dalvin Cook and everything. Alexander Madison's there, ready to, to fill in for that. Not only do they have Justin Jefferson, but they also have Jordan Addison, who they drafted in the first round, and TJ Hawkinson, who they just re-signed to a new deal. So there's no shortage of, of weapons there. Even a guy like KJ Osborne's a pretty good player for them. Um, I think their offense is explosive. I can see this game being a little bit more high-scoring, maybe, than some would think. Uh, I do think the Buccaneers' offense could be a little bit slow coming out of the gate. Brand-new quarterback, reshuffled offensive line brand-new offensive coordinator with a new system. But the Vikings' defense last year was not very good. Uh, the Vikings' pass defense particularly was not very good. It was in the bottom half of the NFL and uh, in, a, in a lot of categories. And I, I do think Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, I think they can take advantage of some of those things. 
I do worry about the protection. Uh, Daniel Hunter on the other side there for the Vikings is one of the better pass rushers in the NFL that's not really talked about. I think he's one of the more under players in the NFL. Uh, it is going to be a tough test in Minnesota with a, a raucous crowd there uh, week one. I also had the Bucks dropping this game. I, I just think the Vikings are going to be a bit too much on offense uh, for the Buccaneers to handle, especially because as we're recording this video, we don't know the status of, of Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, or Kalaja Kansi, two potential big pieces for the Buccaneers defense. I, I think Minnesota makes a few more plays on offense than the Bucs can answer with, and I do think Minnesota comes out on top. So we both had the Buccaneers at 0-1 to start their season. Yeah, and you mentioned that pressure from the defensive front. Daniil Hunter, a pretty underrated piece of that defensive line, or at least in the grand scheme of talking about edge rushers in the NFL. Um, but that's going to be a common theme the first couple weeks of the season is the pass rush that this offensive line is going to see. This young, inexperienced offensive line for Tampa Bay because, again, Tristan Wirfs now, the only starter left from that Super Bowl offensive line is he is playing an all-new position at left tackle. Uh, Luke Edeke filling in at right tackle so on to week two it is the home opener this year the Bucks fans do not have to wait all the way until October to see the team play at home they will be in Raymond James Stadium taking on the Chicago Bears another NFC North team September 17th one o'clock it's gonna be hot uh this game is on Fox despite finishing with the worst record in the league last year I think they only won three games Chicago did in 2022 um the outlook for this team is a lot stronger than most people would think. You know, obviously they have a lot of faith in Justin Fields. They had a big decision to make with the first overall pick in the draft, traded that away to Carolina to get him some weapons and DJ Moore. And uh, that was what their free agency was focused on as well. Just bringing in more potential weapons for Justin Fields, trying to get this guy some help because that's what all Bears fans have been clamoring for ever since they got him in there. He's entering his third season. That being said... I do think this is that game where the Buccaneers defense will just prove to 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 be an issue for Fields. I think he's a good player. Uh, I think he will give the defense some fits, but it's going to be hot. And I know people don't like to say that that's an advantage, but I definitely think it is an advantage when you're a team that practices in this Florida heat every single day for this many weeks in a row. I, I think you're going to be a little more prepared than a team from Chicago. Um, I think the Bucks defense is really going to come to life this week. You know, it, it's going to be a tough challenge week one, and I think they're going to uh, maybe be surprised, but this is that week where they finally get their S together. You know, they play as a unit for the first time. So I have the Bucks winning this game. I just, I think the Bears are going to be a better team than they were last year, but they weren't that good of a team last year. They were the worst in the NFL. So it's like, how much better uh, can they really get? I think the Bucks will be the better team week two. So I got the Bucks winning this one, extending their record to one and one. Yeah, obviously the Bears and DJ Moore, I think is big, uh, big target, good wide receiver. Uh, Justin Fields, it all depends on, you know, their trajectory depends on what Justin Fields is this season. And I do agree with you. I think there's going to be some times where it's frustrating for the Bucks defense that like, oh, you almost said Fields, but he escapes, makes a play. Yeah, if third um, and seven can't get off of the field, like I think you're going to see that a lot. Uh, I, I do think that could happen, but just like you said, the Bears were, struggled last year. I mean, they, they really did struggle, and I, I like Justin Fields, but man, I think he's become one of the more overrated players in this entire NFL. He's won five career games. 
and there's people talking about him being an MVP candidate. He, he has won five career games. He is five and twenty as a starter in his career. Five and twenty. That's his record as a starter. So I think this is going to be a low scoring affair. I mean, Bucks Bears. You know, it's an old you know the NFC Central, right? A black and blue division. I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, and I do think the Bucks come out on top. I, I think it's something where maybe the Bucks defense needs to make a play, and, and they do make a play, whether that's a tur- key turnover, uh, whether that's a fourth down stop. I think they do just enough to escape out of there uh, with a win to improve to one-on-one. Moving on to week three, Bucks are on prime time for the first time this season, taking on uh, the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles that game September 25th at 7 15 p.m. on ABC Monday Night Football in Raymond James Stadium on ABC you would think Sean King is the starting quarterback out there but he is not it just so happens to also be Rondé Barber induction night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they will celebrate him being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame it's gonna be a tough game to lose uh, Rondé Barber is gonna be in the building you know that's gonna be a big deal at halftime all the lights are gonna be on I think it's going to be a packed house. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I know that the season tickets, it, it kind of dropped off and it's not going to have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's not going to have an elevated home field advantage anymore because I do think you're going to have more Eagles fans than Bucks fans in the stands, but I do think it's going to be a packed house. It's just honestly hard to see the Bucks keeping up in this one. Um, the inexperience with this team, you know, all of the question marks, I think are going to get exposed in this game. And that's only because of how good of a team the Eagles are. And they're a unit that made it all the way to the Super Bowl last year, just came up short. But a lot of people, and Evan, you would know this, being that they're your favorite team, uh, a lot of people would argue that the Eagles coming uh, coming into 2023 are in better shape than they were coming into last year. And that's not very commonly said about a team that just played in the Super Bowl the year before. No, no, it's not. And, and they did lose some pieces. Uh, Javon Hargrave, they lost. TJ Edwards, they lost. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, like they, they lost some pieces. But they did a pretty good job of, of replacing a lot of those pieces with, I mean, Jalen Carter falling to them in the draft. Nolan Smith, who I think, like, not really outside of, not inside of Philly, you know, like around where I am. But in the NFL, I think people forget that Nolan Smith fell all the way to the Eagles at the back half of the first round there. Um, two major pieces there for the Eagles potentially. And I do agree with you. Uh, I, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. I, the Eagles are just too good. Uh, Jalen Hurts right now is on another level. Could have won MVP last year. Might be an MVP candidate again this year. I just think that the Eagles and injuries can happen at any point, but you're playing them early in the year, so you're assuming they're going to be rel- all relatively healthy. I just toe for toe. I don't know if the Buccaneers can keep up, just like you said. So this one, I'm not going to say it's going to be a full-on blowout, but if there's a game in the first few weeks here that the Buccaneers could lose by multiple scores, 10, 14, 17 points, it's probably this one. Um, Whenever you have uh, a team with such an advantage, I think, in the trenches, like I think the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football. I think their defensive line is incredibly deep. I mean, Son Reddick, Brandon Graham, Jalen Carter, like I mentioned, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox. I mean, you, the list goes on and on uh, about who they have. I, I just think that can create problems for 
uh, the Buccaneers offense, who is still going to be working some stuff out, right? Still trying to figure out the kinks of the offense and everything. And as far as the, the Bucks defense goes, we don't know what type of pass rush they're even going to have because Shaq Barrett coming off that injury, it might take him a few weeks. If Joe Trinshawinka doesn't exactly step up to the plate this year, I'm not sure. And when that stuff happens, I think it can create a mismatch. The Bucks uh, skill players are good. Like the Eagle skill players are really good as well. Like both of those are, are, are very close, but I do think the trench play uh, is what's going to decide this one. I just don't think the Bucks have enough there. Yeah, and every single year when we look at the Bucks season as a whole, one of the things we do when breaking down the schedule is talk about the ebbs and flows of what that year is going to look like, the highs and lows, the tough stretches of the schedule. And this first four-game stretch for the Bucks, like they snuck Chicago in there, but it's a pretty tough first four-game stretch. I, you know, I mean, I even, even Chicago, like Chicago is not like a – that's, that's, that's an obvious win. Like they can lose that game, but it's yeah, it's a, it's a tough first four games for that week five by week. Yeah, I think even some of the most optimistic people could come to terms with themselves and realize like, hey, uh, the Bucks may be lucky to come out of this. Even even if, even if they had like Tom Brady, you would say like, still oh, tough schedule, like tough first four games. I mean, you're you're playing the the Vikings who were in the playoffs last year. You're playing the Eagles who were in the Super Bowl last year. And then you're, you're playing the Saints, who are always difficult. Like, that's tough. It's not easy. Speaking of the Saints, on to week four. Uh, Bucks are going to be on the road playing in New Orleans. October 1st, 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. Division game on the road against the Saints team that wants nothing more than to get revenge for what happened last season. Uh, head coach Dennis Allen also has Derek Carr at quarterback now. You know, New Orleans lost some pieces on defense, but they still have all the usual suspects that give the Bucks problems. They got Cam Jordan, they got Marshawn Lattimore, and they have Demario Davis. Um, you know, that makes up a pretty talented defensive core who they have had together for a while. So that experience factor is obviously going to play in. The fact that it's a divisional game is always going to play into it. Um, now, the million-dollar question in this year's matchups against New Orleans as opposed to last year's, uh, can Dave Canales bring some extra juice offensively that we just have not seen in the past with Byron Leftwich, right? I, I think he can. And this is probably the part where a lot of people tune out. Uh, I think Canales can bring the juice, but I don't think it's going to be enough to win this game on the road. And I think the Bucs are going to enter the bye week uh, with a one and three record, which is, it, it feels like it feels so stiff. <laughs> You know, but uh, we've always tried to shoot it straight with you guys on this podcast, and and that's not going to change this year. So, Evan, I have a hard feeling that that we may agree, and we may both have the Bucks in not the best shape headed into the bye week. Well, it's going to be the Bucks' first look at Derek Carr in a Saints uniform as well. So the Saints are hoping that Carr's an upgrade over uh, Jameis Winston slash Andy Dalton last year. The Bucks played both Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton last year and beat both of them. Um, both are very close games, though, right? Yeah, very, very close games. Even though, like, the Bucks did beat the Saints, I think it was what twenty to ten in Week Two last year. Yeah, I the mean, game, the, couple, the game, the game was closer. The game was basically a one-score game. Yeah, like, a couple interceptions certainly helped that late yeah. in the game. Like that, that, that game, that game was closer. Um, like the Mike, the Mike Edwards pick six. Like that game was close throughout the entire thing. I think it was what three three in the fourth quarter or something. Yeah. Like it was, it was close, but um. Yeah, it, 
if this game was in Tampa, I think it'd be maybe a little bit different, but going on the road in New Orleans against a team that you swept last year, even though New Orleans defense is aging, like Cam Jordan's another year older, Marshawn Lattimore's another year older, Mario Davis, I actually think uh, ranking-wise by average age, uh, New Orleans is the oldest team in the NFL now. So yeah, and uh, the Bucks were just in that same spot a year ago. The Bucks yeah. now, I think, a bottom five youngest team. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 down there. Um, I do agree with you though. I think it's going to be tough to win this game, and I just don't. Like, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot like the New Orleans game last year in New Orleans. I just don't think the Bucks are going to come out on top this time because, and this is going to be maybe one of the games where like you're going to see the difference between Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But like Tom Brady wins the game, Baker Mayfield doesn't. So uh, I do think the Buccaneers are going to be going one and three heading into the bye week. And while one and three doesn't look great, I also don't think it's like pure panic because just like we talked about, first four games of the schedule are not easy. Like I think with Brady, they still might go like two and two. Like maybe even one and three. So like I, I don't think any of them are are, are gimmies and um just hopefully coming out of the bye week you can get on a little bit of a stretch roll here. It's an early bye week for Tampa Bay as they will take week five off. They are back week six at home, taking on the Detroit Lions. Dream circles. October fifteenth, one PM. It's gonna be hot. This game is on Fox, and yes, as you said, my friend, it is the return of the daunted creamsicle uniforms. It's another NFC North opponent on the slate for Tampa Bay as they travel back to the past for the return of the creamsicle uniforms. The Lions are a formidable team. I will say that. Uh, Dan Campbell has been doing everything right. I mean, as a head coach, as a fan of the Lions, I don't think there's anything more that Dan Campbell brings, you know, to the table that you would want in a head coach. Like, he checks all the boxes for me. I like him a lot. It's easy to root for the guy. Um, with that being said, you know, Jared Goff playing well. Amon Ross St. Brown has really been coming on strong, especially second half of last year. But uh, the Bucs just don't lose this game. I You can say what you want. You can have the Bucs start one and four all you want. But when you break out the cream sickles, when they decorate the stadium... When I walk in and I see that beautiful wave of orange and white that I have not seen in over 10 years inside Raymond James Stadium, I just don't know how you lose that game. I just don't. Uh, I do think this is a competitive game. I know the Lions are a better team, and they've been getting better. You know, they did lose some pieces, but they are in good shape. They are a team that is good enough to potentially win the division they're in. So I think this will be a competitive game. I think it'll be a close game, but I think it's a Bucks win because I just, I, I don't, see them dropping that many games in a row, especially after the bye week. Um, and and I just think this is going to be, you know, I think it's going to be a feel-good game. I don't want to think about the Bucks wearing the creamsicle in 2023 and anything bad happening, even though that would be on brand for this to be their worst loss of the year. I just don't see it playing out that way. So I have the Bucks winning this game uh, and improving their record to two and three. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think the Bucks have only won one creamsicle game. Yes, they do. This is it. Which is unfortunate. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like that they won the the first one against Josh with, with Josh Reina's first start, right? Like that was that was the one they they won. Then they they lost to Atlanta, they lost to Carolina, they lost to New Orleans. So that tells me two things: one, don't play against the division opponent, don't wear the creamsicles. 
Two, you can win against an NFC North opponent wearing the green sickles. Uh, this one is the first one all year that's actually tough for me. Uh, the first four, I was like, yeah, like that's uh, I'm pretty convinced of those first four. This one is where I'm like, oh, like this is this is a coin flip. You know, this could go either way because, like you said, the Bucks are coming off the bye week. I think the Lions are good. But I don't think they're so good to be susceptible to a loss. Like I, I think they can lose. Yeah. And the Bucks are wearing the cream sickle. So you have an added bonus there of like the energy. It should be pretty good. Like the energy should be pretty good there. However, I do think that at this point, one and three, I think the pressure is going to be on the Bucks. And the pressure is going to be on Baker Mayfield because, like, a few more losses, and you might be like, oh, was it Kyle Trask time? Right. The Alliance added Jameer Gibbs, uh, running back, who was a reach, but he's a good player. I mean, it was it was a reach, but he's a good player. I think both can be true. And Jared Goff has actually been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL since going to Detroit. Like, he, he's been pretty good. Um and I, I like their and I like their coaching staff. I think the Bucks lose. Oh, yeah. I just I, I I think I think and actually I think the Bucks lose just like you said. I think it's they're not gonna get blown out, but I think it's gonna be like in heartbreaking fashion, like last second field goal type right. stuff. Uh, I think it's gonna be a super close game. I just think the Lions roster is pretty good, and I I think the Buccaneers could be a little down on themselves. So I think the energy will be there, but I do think that if the Bucks get off to a slow start in that game, I think they could be down on themselves. Maybe they try and work a comeback and then fall, you know, fall short. So I do have the Buccaneers falling to one and four on the season. And then that makes pretty much the next week, pretty much do or die. For, I would say for Baker Mayfield, like yeah. you lose that game, like, uh, you know, so um, we will see. But you have them, what, two and three, and I have them one and four. Yeah. So moving on, the following week, they are still at home. It is uh, more division football for Tampa Bay as they face Atlanta for the first time in 2023. Now, the Falcons are another team that I look at in this division. They are a little underrated. You know, I think people are quick to write them off. Um, they, I think their defense is underrated. Yeah. I, I think their offense still a lot to be determined because it is such a young offensive unit and the quarterback play is going to take them as far as they'll go this year, I suppose. Uh, but they are facing a youth movement across that roster. Some okay free agent additions, even Bijan Robinson. Uh, I don't think, though, it'll be enough to keep them competitive down the stretch in the NFC South. And I don't think it's going to be enough to keep them competitive in this game either. Uh, I do have the Bucks winning two in a row to improve their record to three and three. Um, I think when they play Atlanta at home, they're just going to have the experience factor. This defensive unit has been together longer. And uh, I think the offense is, is going to maybe figure it out this week. Yeah, I, I actually, I liked Atlanta's offseason a lot. Um, I did like what they did. They are putting a lot of faith in Desmond Ritter. And I think they're sort of like, 
in the thought process, like, okay, if Ritter sucks, we'll probably suck. And that means a top 10 draft pick. They just get your quarterback there. I think maybe that's their, their thought process, but if Ritter's good, then, you know, you could really take off. I mean, if he takes like a, a Jalen Hurts step, I think the Falcons are far and away going to be the best team in this division. If, you know, if he takes that sort of step, I'm not saying he's going to, but if he does, um, and while I don't agree with drafting a running back in seventh overall, Bijan's nasty, like, and he's just going to be nasty. And there's going to be a few plays in this game where you're like, yeah, that dude's just, he's the type of running back that you take seventh overall. Like, yeah, it, like yeah. if you're going to, yeah, like I wouldn't, but if you're going to make an exception, do it for that. A guy like that, I guess. But I also, I do think the Buccaneers win this game. I think it's, it's, do or die pretty much for, like I said, Baker Mayfield. If you're looking at a one and five start, I think that would prompt the quarterback change. Maybe, maybe not because they have a short week. Um, they, they do travel to Buffalo the next week for Thursday night football. So they do have a short week. So maybe it would, if they were to lose that game, drop the one and five, maybe not like on the short week change quarterbacks. But I do think it's not going to be, it's going to be a moot point because I do think the Buccaneers win this game. Uh, I think it'll be one of the more complete games that the Buccaneers have played so far this season. I think they could win this game by 10 points or so. Like I, I think it's not that I think Atlanta's roster is bad. I just think you're going to get a desperate Bucks team back to back home games. And I think this could be one of the best games that the offense has shown thus far. So I do think the Buccaneers win and improve to two and four. Week 8 is a short week. The Bucks are on the road playing the Buffalo Bills. That game October 26th, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Prime Video. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet in the booth, I believe. Uh, Bucks versus Bills. You know, Buffalo is a team that a lot of people seem to be viewing as a team with a closing championship window. I mean, having Josh Allen there is always going to give them an edge. But, you know, as far as this current group of players, like having... Uh, Stephon Diggs, you know, he can only be disgruntled for so many more off seasons before he plays somewhere else. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of people are, are, are talking about them as a team with a closing championship window, but every year they finish among the AFC's best. I, I think last year felt like it was supposed to be the year for them, but it clearly wasn't. Uh, if they do drop off at all this year, it's not going to be by much. And even then, they're still going to be a much better team than the Bucs will be at this point in the season. I think their record at this point in the season will show for it. Uh, so kind of like the Eagles game, you know, this is just a better team. And I think it's going to show. And uh, with the Bucs on a short week, nobody likes Thursday night football. Nobody plays their best on Thursday night football either. So I think the Bucs lose. And uh, I got them falling to three and four. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, I do think the Bills are a team that they're very good. And I think they are better than the Bucs. That being said, I do think they can be upset. However, not on a short week. Uh, I, I have the Bills winning. I, I think the short week doesn't do the Bucks many favors, especially, I mean, don't know about it. And by this point in the season, there will be injuries uh, by week eight in the season. Like, there will be guys getting hurt. You don't know who's all going to be available for that game. So, on the short week, on the road on the short week, uh, yeah, not, not a recipe for success. So, I think the Bucks drop this one and go to two and five. Week nine, the Bucks have a little break to get ready to go back on the road and play the Houston Texans. That game, November 5th at 1 p.m. on CBS. Houston's got some stuff to be excited about, at least a little more than they have in seasons past. Got a new head coach, D'Amico Ryans, and a shiny new franchise quarterback, and hopefully C.J. Stroud. Um, but it seems like this is going to be one of those weeks where 
you're going to see an inexperienced quarterback struggle against the Bucks defensive unit that's been together for over four seasons at this point. Um, and I honestly think that that's how the Bucs are going to get a lot of their wins this season. You know, a, a lot of the wins that I have the Bucs getting are simply because of the inexperience factor on the other side of the fall. I, I think I think this defensive unit is good enough now to take advantage of inexperienced quarterbacks and maybe coax them into making some mistakes. Uh, were they always able to do that? No, 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 they weren't. Uh, you know, when Brock Purdy put up over 35 points on them last year, they certainly were not able to do that. But I think that will be an advantage that they have as, as a, uh, as a defense that's just been together. You know, Todd Bowles is going to be calling plays. He knows how this system operates. He knows the strengths and the weaknesses of the guys out there. And uh, he's going to know how to use that to beat the Texans. So I, I think they're going to beat Houston. I think this probably could be the game this season where if the Bucks win by, you know, more than a score, this will this will probably be it. Um, so, yeah, I have them winning this one to go to four and four on the year. Yeah, so, I mean, just like you said, Houston's got some more stuff going for them than they did last year. I, I still don't think it's a good roster, though. So, like, while we talk about, oh, the Bills and Eagles are, are better than the Bucks, like, I just think the Bucs are better. So, like, I, I think the Bucs are going to win. I don't think the Bucs are better by, like, a huge, huge wide margin where it's going to be a 25-point blowout. Um, but, I mean, they, they, they can win the game by 10 points, 14 points. And I do think Stroud, you know, could make some mistakes here and there. Texans defense still has a lot to be desired. So, um, I do think that the offense could have a nice day. And uh, I think the Buccaneers bounce back from, and also they're going to be rested because playing on Thursday, then you have the, you know, the 10 days off. So, uh, I do think the Bucs are going to be wet rested and they're going to be able to get the W in Houston for, for me, it's going to be their first road win of the season. And I also believe it's also their first road win for you as well. Yeah. Uh, so first road win of the season for the Buccaneers it's for me to go to three and five on the season. Yeah. So there's a lot of games on the schedule for me personally, kind of like you had mentioned with the Detroit game. It, there's, there's a lot more games this year than in recent years where I genuinely feel like it could go either way. Like I, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I don't know enough about the other team. That might be a small part of it, but it's also just like where that team's going to be at that point in the season, where the bucks are going to be, you know, there's a lot of factors that obviously go into it, but week 10 against the Titans is a game that I feel literally could just go either way. Uh, the Titans are a good team. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not, they were competing for that division last year. This game, November 12th, 1 PM on the road on CBS. Uh, the Bucks are actually back at home, excuse me, not on the road. The Bucks are back at home playing a Tennessee Titans team that should, at this point, still be riding high off of the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. They get him into the mix with Derrick Henry, and people like to talk about Derrick Henry getting old, but, you know, 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns in 2022 for a guy coming off of injury does not give me any indication at all that he's going to slow down this coming season, even though he is 29 years old. I think the biggest tell for this game is what the Bucks' run defense looks like by this point in the season. You know, up until 2022, the Bucks' defensive identity had been established by them repeatedly having one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And in 2022, they got away from that. It, it is what it is. They were still a solid defensive unit, but there were a couple of teams that ran all over them. Tennessee, without a doubt, is a team that can run all over them. But I do think this defensive unit is good enough to keep Derrick Henry in check. And when you got to rely on Ryan Tannehill to air it out, 
I don't know if it's always going to work out because he, he's got a lot of quarterbacks fighting on his heels these last couple of seasons. So with that being said, I feel like you're going to disagree with me. And this is one of those games that I think could go either way. But uh, I have the Bucks winning this game and they make their record positive for the first and potentially only time this season at five and four. Okay, so I do disagree with you. But I'm going to get it out of the way really quickly. I think the Bucs are going to win. The thing I disagree with you about, I don't think the Titans are very good. Um, their secondary is brutal. Their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. Who knows who's going to be starting a quarterback by that point? Could be Tannehill, could be Levis, could be Willis. Um, uh, the receivers, I mean, Hopkins is good. We don't know. You know, he's getting another year older. Traylon Brooks, I like him. Their tight ends are okay. Their pass rush is okay. They are well coached. So, like, I still think, like, they're not going to be one of the worst teams in the league because I think Mike Vrabel is just going to, like, will that team to get six, seven, eight wins or something. But I just, I don't think the roster is very good. Um, But I do think the Buccaneers win this game. I think in front of the home crowd for the first time this season, for my predictions, they win back to back games. Uh, and improved a four and five on the year. I like it. I like it. I kind of thought you had them losing that game, but I, I agree in what you said and where like Tennessee, like they have pieces. They're well coached. They have okay pieces where they need to have them. And DeAndre Hopkins, if he's everything they want him to be, he's going to be a good addition. Derrick Henry, I think is going to be a serviceable back for the way that they use him, which is probably just, you know, running him till the wheels fall off. Uh, but I kind of agree in like their lackluster. And that's why I think this game could go either way, because I think they're much more evenly matched with Tampa Bay than most people uh, would give the bucks credit for at least. Cause the average person is going to say that Tennessee is much better than Tampa, but I, I don't know. I think they are close and uh, this game will be competitive. So glad we agree in that sense. Week 11 on the road, cross country, Take it on uh, what's probably going to be Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, barring any injury. That's a 4.05 p.m. kickoff Eastern Standard Time. It came on Fox. I don't have any here we notes. Go, here we go again. Yeah, I, I don't really have any notes for this game. Uh, I think it's a loss. I just, you know, this is a 49ers roster that is still very, very good. And if Brock Purdy can be coached into playing half as good as he was playing last year. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you're going to slow down San Francisco. Like, I don't want to overhype this team. Don't get me wrong. Because mm-hmm. there's not too many people out there picking them as NFC favorites. But I think... I mean, they, I'd say, I, I, I'd say I, it's, it's them, it's them, Villier or Dallas. Yeah, I, I think they are one of the best rosters in the NFC. And uh, regardless of who they have at QB, I just don't... I just don't see a scenario where... I don't see a scenario where the Bucks lose, uh, what did they lose, 35-7 to seven last year? I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But I do think it is a game that could potentially get out of hand, and it's not a game I have the Bucks winning. Uh, so with that loss, their record drops to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple because I want to move on to more interesting games. Yeah, the, the 49ers are better. The Bucks are traveling across the country. And... It's a scheme nightmare for the Bucks. Yeah, they're, they're not winning this game. So they go to four and six in my predictions. On to week 12, Bucks are on the road again playing the Indianapolis Colts November 26th at 1 p.m. on CBS. 
Now, also just a friendly reminder, as we get to this point in the season and beyond in our predictions, kind of a crapshoot, you know, you have no yeah, idea. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have no idea what kind of state uh, these teams are going to be in. Could this be a matchup of Gator Gator quarterbacks? Oh, very oh. interesting point. Could this be a matchup of former Gator quarterbacks? Because we talk about predicting other teams as if it's a crapshoot when, you know, for the Bucs, we don't even know who could be starting quarterback by week 12 at this point. Could it be Kyle Trask taking on Anthony Richardson, his successor at the University of Florida? I don't know, but I do think the Colts are a team that picked as high as they did for a reason. Uh, and I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to be the kind of guy to turn that franchise around all in one year. He's still a very raw player, and uh, he's still going to be adjusting by this point in the season. And uh, I think this is another week where kind of like playing Houston, the Bucks defense could take advantage of that inexperience factor from Anthony Richardson. And uh, I think he's going to make his fair share of mistakes, even though it is week 12. I have the Bucks winning this one. And they improve their record of six and five. Yeah, I just I, I agree with you. Like the Colts were picking that high for a reason. I just don't know how good the roster is. You got that whole stuff that mess with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I do who think the, the Bucks knows win this. where he's going to be. Yeah, like I, I think the Bucks. Uh, my guess is he's probably not on the Colts by this point. Um, my I do think the Bucks are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think this might be a game where they're going to need former Colt Chase McLaughlin to maybe nail a, a last minute field goal here uh, to take it. But I do think uh, they end up winning this game and improving their record to five and five and six, I, I believe. So um, they're 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 making their they're they're trying to get their way back to the five hundred here. And we are not as far off as I thought they were, or as I thought we were going to be by this point. I've got them at six and five. What do you think? I mean, the five and six though isn't great. What do you think of? Oh, but a one and four start. I don't. I don't know where my expectations were. I mean, you had one and three. It's not That's true. Yeah, you're right. All right, on to week thirteen versus the Carolina Panthers. The first time the Bucks play Carolina all season is not until December third, one o'clock kickoff. Uh, it's gonna be hot going to be december in tampa but one o'clock kickoff it's going to be hot i promise uh that game is on fox i know that i'm probably going to contradict myself a little bit here because i said a lot of the bucks wins this season are going to come off of the hopes that they can coax a rookie quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback into making some mistakes uh but i think carolina does win this game and i know it's kind of tough saying that because it is a home game but you know, Carolina seeing the Bucks this late in the season kind of bodes well for them. They're going to have plenty of game film on Dave Canales' new offense up until this point. And Bryce Young, if he is playing on schedule and everything goes according to plan, this is around the time of year where guys like that start to hit their stride. And I don't think the Bucks are going to get the better of every single rookie quarterback they play this year because uh, they haven't in the past. So I think Bryce Young is, is probably going to play well this week, and uh, the Bucs are going to come up shorthanded. So I've got them losing a tough divisional game at home. They will fall to 6-6. Uh, six and six. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I do think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Carolina Carolina beat the Bucs in Carolina last year, and then really, I mean, it's a fourth-quarter explosion by Tom Brady and Mike Evans didn't happen. Who knows how that game goes in Tampa last year. So Carolina played the Bucs tough two times, and I, I like the I like the Panthers coaching staff. I like what they did in the offseason, adding Frank Reich, um, getting you know their franchise quarterback. I like Bryce Young. I don't love Bryce Young, 
but I do agree with you that like this time of year might be like if Rice Young's good, like if he truly is good, this is maybe when he starts to hit his stride a little bit, and that could create some problems for the Bucks. But I do think the Buccaneers win. I just think uh, they the defense typically plays better at Raymond James Stadium, and I think that they're going to do just enough. Carolina's receiving core isn't great, uh, and I do think the offense will do just enough to play a, a pretty uh, turnover-free game and be able to get out of there with maybe an ugly win, but but a win nonetheless. So I do have the Buccaneers now at 6-6. Six and six. Week 14, they're on the road again for more division football, taking on the Atlanta Falcons that game December 10th at 1 p.m. on CBS. Uh, I've got them winning that game. I think they sweep Atlanta. I think if there is an NFC South team, they should sweep this year. It's it's Atlanta. Uh, I know you talked about Desmond Ritter and, and his progression kind of being the benchmark for what kind of team the Falcons are going to be, but I, I still think the Bucs are going to have the roster uh, the better roster both times they play. And if the Bucs have anything to play for this late in the season, this is certainly going to be one of those games that they bring their best. Because even in my prediction, they come into this game with a 6-6 six and six record. At this point in the season, with the rest of the NFC South, I still think they're going to you know, have a firm hold on second place or be potentially fighting for that first place spot. Like There's a lot of division games here in the last few weeks within the NFC South, so these are going to matter I mean- a lot. You got five games left and three of them are division games. And, you know, me and you are both entering this point six and six. You know, a lot can happen. It could be a toss up. I think this is going to be the annoying loss of the season. Yeah. Like, I think there's going to be this the, the loss where you're like, man, like they they played better than Atlanta. Like, and they just they, they couldn't come up with a win. Like, I, I think. This could be like some old school bucks, fluky stuff that happens, and Atlanta just escapes with a win somehow. I do think it's going to be close, but I, I think Atlanta takes this one. Like I said, I think the improvements they've made on defense is enough to keep the Bucks' offense in check. And I think by this point in the season, B. John Robinson could be like offensive rookie of the year candidate. So I think he could be hot and Ritter could be pretty good as well. So I do have the Buccaneers dropping this game. December, and, and going to uh, you have seven and six, right? I have six and seven. Yep. December is a, a lot of tough football for the Bucks, and this is clearly no exception. It, it, their toughest game in the month of December on the road, week 15 at Green Bay, playing the Packers. I know it's Jordan Love, it's not Aaron Rodgers, so this game could be closer than most people think. Lambo in December. It's Lambo <laughs> in December, and that's the only thing I have written here is I have the Bucks dropping this game to go seven and seven. Um, on the year, like I, I, I think you know Tampa's roster, Green Bay's roster are very evenly matched. I, I don't think either one has a clear advantage, but I just think by this point in the season, the home field advantage that Green Bay always has playing in the snow, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a lot of hot games on the schedule this year. This is going to be a cold one. Um, I just don't think they'll win. So yeah, seven to seven, and this is this is that tough stretch of the schedule where we talked about how hectic the first four games of the year are. You've got that Thursday night game against Buffalo, but aside from that, the middle of the schedule has a lot of, a lot of winnable games for Tampa Bay. And then now we get down to the nitty-gritty, the final few weeks of the season. These are the ones that could go either way and ultimately decide your season. Yeah. Uh, I also do have the Bucks dropping this game. If it was earlier in the year in Lambeau, maybe have them winning. If it was in Tampa, I probably would have them winning. I just... 
I, I don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. I think Jordan Love's kind of going to be like a game manager type. Like, I don't think he's going to be like, if he can be Alex Smith for the Packers, like, it's not a bad thing. You yeah. know, like, that's definitely not a bad thing. I think their defense is good enough to keep him in a lot of games. And I think this is where you're going to see, like, the home field advantage for the Packers really come into play. And, and the Buccaneers not being used to playing in this type of cold, um, I think it's going to matter. And I do think the Bucs drop this game to go to 6-8 and eight on the season. Week 16, the Bucs are back at home, taking on an AFC team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game on Christmas Eve, 4.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS. This is another game that bothered the hell out of me when I was making predictions because it literally feels like it could go either way. Um, even now, I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, but, you know, what stopped me from saying they'll lose this game is the presence of that losing streak, but I think they do lose this game. Uh, I, I've got the Bucks falling to 7-8 and eight after a home loss against Jacksonville. And kind of like that second game against Atlanta, you know, I, I think this is going to be a competitive game. It's just going to come down to, to one play. One play, one interception, one fumble, one costly, you know, a turnover that led to points in the second quarter, like leaving points on the field, something like that. It just feels like this is this is going to kind of be the rhythm they find themselves in late in the year. But uh, yeah, I got them dropping this one at Jacksonville, a team that they very well could be. I think Jacksonville, see, you think it's closer than I think. Like, I think Jacksonville, I think Lawrence could get MVP votes this year. Um, another year in Doug Peterson's system. I think Trevor Lawrence could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They are getting Calvin Ridley. Um, I like Travis Etienne. I like Tank Bigsby, Christian Kirk being their number two. I like their defense. And all those guys stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, that, and, and by week 16, who knows? By week 16, both these rosters will not be looking the exact same. Like, both starting lineups will not be the exact same. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think, unfortunately, on Christmas Eve, I think the Buccaneers are going to get a lump of coal because I do think the Bucs dropped their third straight game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now you're looking, like, pretty much, in my scenario, playoffs are probably out. Uh, being six and nine, the playoffs are probably out in this scenario. So uh, I just think Trevor Lawrence is too good, man. And I think he's going to make plays when it matters. And I think they're going to get out of there with a W. All right. I got the Bucks at seven and eight. You've got them at six and nine. Headed into week 17, if there is any hope at all for winning the division or at least staying competitive until the end of the year, uh, I think it goes away this week. I unfortunately. Even after they showed me they could sweep them in 2022, I have the Bucks. Uh, getting swept by the New Orleans Saints. They play the Saints on my birthday, December 31st, 1 o'clock game in Raymond James Stadium. That'll be on Fox. I think they lose, uh, and they fall to 7-9 and nine on the season, thus putting an end to their playoff hunt and leaving Week 18 kind of, kind of out there. Uh, if they want to play upset to Carolina, they can, but that'll be an interesting game. But, yeah, I've got them losing Week 17, to fall to seven and nine. This is a tough one because they swept New Orleans last year. And I talked about earlier with week two, or no, I'm sorry, with, 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 with the week four game. 
this could be the difference between having Tom Brady and having Baker Mayfield. Like they don't have Tom Brady on the roster last year. Like they don't, they, okay. Maybe they win in new Orleans because the defense kind of dominated that game and stuff. But the game in Tampa on Monday night football, when they're down 16 to three, they're not winning with four minutes left. They're not winning that game. Like without Tom Brady, like if Baker Mayfield's there, they're not winning that game. Man, yeah, it, it it's tough. I mean, does New Orleans return the favor and sweep the Bucks? I think they do. Um, I I I do think that that they do. I I think just because this is the biggest one. I think the two New Orleans games when you're going to see the difference between Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield. I, I think um, the games that Tom Brady can win versus the games that Baker Mayfield could win. And I think that's what you're going to see because you take away, you know, you take away what Tom Brady did with the, with the Bucks last year, right? Eight and nine, you take away two wins against the Saints. They're at the same win total that I'm at right now. They're at six. So, like, I, I think you're seeing, you're going to see the difference. And then, again, that's assuming Baker Mayfield's a starter by this point. But even if he's not, I don't think Kyle Trask is winning that game last year that Tom Brady ended up winning. So I don't really think it matters uh, at that point. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I am the last person who wants to sit here and say that the Saints are going to sweep the Bucks this coming season. It, it, it's a coin. Uh, that one in Tampa is a coin flip yes, to me. That, I'm pretty yeah. confident they're dropping the one in New Orleans, but the one in Tampa I think is a coin flip. I agree. I I do agree with you on that, and it's going to be tough, but. Just like you said, that that's that's going to be some of the stuff that I think at some level we got to get used to seeing again is the difference between this team with Tom Brady and without Tom Brady. And and mm-hmm. we can we can talk about Dave Canales all day long. And by week 17, we're going to know what kind of offensive coordinator Dave Canales is. That's the thing right now yeah. is that I don't know what kind of coordinator Dave Canales is going to be. I really don't. He's doing a lot of things great. Uh, the Bucks were number one in the preseason off of play action after being number 32 in the 2022 season. So clearly he brings a lot of different elements to the table. But And and our our, our, CEO, our, our game preview shows, the predictions we do for those games are not going to follow the same path. Yeah. So. yeah, well, the context you have as the season goes on is obviously important. And as we mentioned before, uh, when you pick this late in the season, it is kind of odd because you don't know the scenario for these teams this far ahead in time, but we're going to do our best to guess them. And uh, my best guess right now is that, yeah, the Bucks just are not going to be good enough this year to overcome a Saints team that has had their number for a very long time. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Week 18, Bucks are on the road. Another division opponent in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, time and date to be determined. Network to be determined. I think the Bucks win this one. Um, you know, I, I think you got to end the season with something positive. And if, you know, if they lose this game, it's because they beat the Saints the week before, the way that I look at it. Like, I kind of think, you know, in that stretch of games are going to go one and one. You could probably switch the loss for whatever week you wanted to. But I think they are going to play well enough to beat Carolina. I think they split the series. I I don't think they're going to get swept by anyone other than New Orleans. Like, I don't think Carolina or Atlanta will play well enough to sweep the Bucs this coming season. So with that being said... I've got them finishing the year with a win. They do miss the playoffs. Maybe they sneak in on a wild card at eight and nine if they finish second in the division, but it's going to be a pretty rough looking NFC South if that's the case. And uh, I don't know what an eight and nine bucks team is going to do in the playoffs because the last time we saw that they didn't make it out of the first round, but I have them finishing 2023 with a regular season record. 
of eight wins and nine losses. I think the first time, God, the first time, I maybe the first time ever I've picked them to have a negative record because I think 2019 I picked them to go nine and seven in the year. Yeah, I, I think 2018 you might have done like yeah. seven and nine or something, maybe. Well, or definitely, like eight and eight. definitely the first time in what feels like five years that I've picked them to have. Oh, it's been a, yeah, first a time negative record, and and I'm you know I'm Mister Positive here on the show, but. It's got to be realistic. And I, I think eight and nine, by the way, in the grand scheme of the season, I think eight and nine would be a huge win for Todd Bowles and the rest of this coaching staff. Probably keeps his job. At eight yeah, nine. probably keeps his job. Assuming eight wins is good enough with Baker Mayfield starting, maybe he gets another contract. You maybe. know, if you're that, if you're, that would all depend on how he, like, are they winning games because of him or in spite of him? Very true. Uh, so, what is your prediction for the last week of the year and then ultimately the season? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like both this game could be meaningless for both teams, um, depending on where Carolina's at. You know, obviously, in my scenario, the Bucks are out of the playoffs at six and ten. Uh, I do think the Bucks are probably going to drop this game, just because I don't think they're going to sweep Carolina. They didn't sweep them last year. I have a hard time believing they're going to sweep them this year. So I think they get swept by New Orleans. They split with Atlanta and Carolina and go to six and 11 on the season because maybe by this point, I mean, the Bucks will have already lost four straight games. I think maybe they are a little bit down on themselves. And I think by this point, they might just want to get the season over with and maybe get the new head coach in there. Maybe. Um, but I do think the Bucks are just going to lose this game. I think Carolina is going to be in a different boat. I think Carolina is going to be feeling more optimistic. Maybe not you know, trying to battle for a playoff spot right now, but they're going to be like, man, end of the year for Bryce Young. Let's close it out strong. And they're going to get the victory over the Buccaneers. So I have the Buccaneers ending their season 6-11. and 11. They went 8. They, here's the thing. It was either going to be 6-11 and 11 or 7-10 and 10 for me. Okay, The New Orleans one was the the – the to- the toss up. Yeah. That was going to be it. I just, they won eight games with Tom Brady. I don't see, I have to imagine they win less without him. Like I just, I, that's, that's my thought. Pro- I understand the offensive scheme and everything, but like Dave Canales right now is a complete unknown. Like I'm just taking a chance. I like, I think the offense overall may look a little bit better. But, like, there's less talent. Like, you have a less talented quarterback, and that could show at times. So, go ahead. I think it's true to have a more productive offense on a worse team in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. And No, uh, it it definitely is. I mean, uh, you know, the the 5-11 and Bucks in 2017 and 2018 had a more productive offense than last year's Bucks. They were were top five unit every single year. Dirk Cutter was was running the offense. You know, Todd Munkin calling plays, whatever it may have been. Even when they were, like you said, a five-win team, they were a top five unit in the NFL as far as getting yards and, and even scoring touchdowns. Right. So, um, I, I do, I do think that, um, unfortunately the Bucks will end their season six and 11. And, and honestly, it does kind of suck because it's kind of no man's land. Like you're probably not high enough to draft a Caleb Williams or Drake may without trading up. And you're obviously not making the playoffs. So it does suck, but it's just where I have them. Just, just, just where I have them. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we will see. I mean, the, the records, we may get the records right. We won't get every single game right. So not every game is going to be on the money. Yeah, well, uh, I, I guess there it is, folks. That's kind of a 
kind of a depressing. I know. I, I know. It's just, uh, I mean, all right, let's, let's do who is your right off the top of your head. Who's your team MVP for the 2023 season. I like that team MVP. There's two players that come to mind. Both of them seem like cop outs. I, I guess I'll put them both out there. Uh, one is, is Tristan Wirfs. I feel like Tristan Wirfs is probably going to be the biggest bright spot on that offensive line. One, because he already has the track record to show for it. But two, I just think he's going to be a breath of fresh air at left tackle. Like, I think we're going to thank God that that transition went as smoothly as it did because in the preseason, he only played a limited amount, but he didn't look bad. Yeah, you know? And uh, I'm hoping that he can settle in and, and kind of be one of the big difference makers on the offensive side of the ball because he's going to have to be the guy on the O-line now, playing the most important position as well. Um, you know, the 1A, the 1B answer is Chris Godwin. Um, you know, Mike Evans has obviously been in the news a lot over the last 24 hours, and we have a separate podcast that we release talking about that situation, if that is something you're still curious about. But I think Chris Godwin is is going to become one of Baker's favorite targets. You know, we, we kind of saw it in the preseason that last game. Uh, he had multiple receptions and, of course, the touchdown catch to cap things off. I think he's going to do a lot of damage this year. So uh, I've got Chris Godwin or Tristan Wirfs on the offensive side of the ball. Or, well, I guess both on the offensive side of the ball. But team MVP, I, I still think one of those two guys are going to be the best player on the roster this year. What do you think? I also have Chris Godwin as team MVP. Uh, I think Canales' offense is going to cater to him a lot. And he's going to get a lot of touches in this offense. No and more, he's going to no, do well. No more screen passes, right? It will be there. I I do think they'll be there. And honestly, like they work, they They did. They don't work 10 times a game, you know? So like, I do think you you do it twice a game. All right. Maybe once a game. Yeah. Like I think it could work. Um, Also like you can set up a screen a different way. It doesn't have to be all the same type of screen. So I do think Chris Godwin, I think he's primed for a pretty big year here now fully removed. Uh, from that tough injury, the ACL injury that he suffered in the 2021 season. He's now a full, Almost two years removed from that injury, um, I do think he is primed for a really good season. So the last one I wanted to do, though, was talk about which rookie do you think will be best? Because this could also include undrafted free agents who the Buccaneers now have a lot of them playing some big roles. So which rookie do you think who's going to be the Buccaneers rookie of the year? I like that question. I, I mean, I think the popular answer as of right now is going to be Trey Palmer, but that's just recency bias, you know, based off of what he did in the preseason. He certainly earned his spot on the team. Oh, man. Kalijah Cansey is also kind of a cop-out just because he's the first-round pick. We don't know what his status the, the, is. Going I to wouldn't be. say – see, that's the thing, though. I wouldn't say it's a cop-out because you don't know if he's going to play. Right. Like, right. You know, he hasn't. he missed the entire preseason and pretty much training camp. This might be a hot take, but I do think – I think it could be Yaya Diaby. I, I think because of his rotation in the pass rush, um, I think we'll see his presence a little more. We'll feel it a little more. Like, obviously, a lot of eyes are going to be on that pass rush with Shaq Barrett. Joe Tryon, Shoenka, obviously, under a lot of pressure. Anthony Nelson still in the mix, and Yaya Diaby. Uh, he gave me some things to be excited about in the preseason, and I think he's going to play above expectations for what people have as a rotational edge rusher. Like, I, I want to say Cody Malk, but I don't know what his improvement is going to look like over the course of the entire season. He's also not a rotational player. So mm-hmm. week after week, he's getting more reps and and maybe has a bigger 
microscope on him, right? A bigger lens is going to be cast on him because of the potential troubles on the offensive line. Uh, so I, I think Yaya Diaby. I mean, Trey Palmer or Yaya Diaby? Yeah, well, my choice was Yaya Diaby, so I guess I'll go Trey Palmer. Oh, uh, so just to have a different one than you. Um, I'm taking, all, did, I'm taking yeah. all your choices. That's what you get. It's, it's okay. That's what you get for letting me go first. That's okay. Well, next year I'll, I'll remember. I'll learn. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think Trey Palmer is going to continue. I think he's going to have a pretty big role in the offense, probably being the wide receiver three. And I think he's not going to be spectacular, but I do think he's going to make some splash plays for the Buccaneers this year. So he'll be the rookie of the year for them. All right, one more. We did rookie of the year. We did team MVP, breakout player of the year, or comeback player of the year. I guess it's kind of the same award. Uh, um, not really. Okay, well, let's say breakout player of the year. I don't want to do comeback player of the year just because I, I can't think of any solid candidates i can think of a pretty obvious one but okay well you you have two you have two obvious ones you're right yeah i guess you're right all right breakout player of the year mine is logan hall who is yours oh it's not logan hall (laughs) (laughs) i can i can tell you it's not logan hall i know this is a cop out but i'm gonna share a shot white um yeah that's I think it's going to be a popular answer, but I'll say Rashad White. He's finally like the number one back. I know there's some that's like, oh, Sean Tucker's going to take his job in the season. Like, we'll see. Um, he's an undrafted free agent, right? And even if he didn't have, if he was 100% healthy, he would have been like a fifth or sixth round pick. Like, let's relax. Um, so I do think it's going to be Rashad White. Okay. I am surprised. Maybe this is your comeback player, but I am surprised your answer was not Joe Tryon Shoyinka. No, I, I had him as my breakout player last year. Like, okay, prove yeah, it, dude. That's like, fair. you know, like, that's prove fair. it. All right. Who are your comeback players? Comeback player of the year. Pretty simple. Shaq Barrett. Um, coming yeah. off uh, the yeah. major uh, injury. Um, the other candidate. Well, actually, I want to hear what you have to say first. Because I will tell you the other person that I was thinking of okay. before. Well, I was going to say Shaq Barrett. Okay. Just because okay. of how much he's coming back from. Gotcha. I was also going to say Baker Mayfield could be a, a comeback player. If he has a, a good season, that's a comeback. So his career, like his NFL career as a starter is pretty much on the line here. So, yeah, I mean, he's already coming into this season with a lot of scrutiny. You know, when the Bucks first signed Baker Mayfield, everybody's reaction was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, he obviously has a chip on his shoulder and a lot to prove this coming NFL season. And for the Bucks sake, hopefully he does. We will be talking about that every single week of the upcoming season. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe that's just about going to do it for this year's season predictions episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you so much again for listening. Just to Evan, recap, just to recap, 6 and 11, uh, Evan Wanish prediction, or Matthew prediction, 8 and 9. So if you guys uh, want to keep tallies like we do uh, for every year, uh, that is the prediction for this season. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Every week throughout the season, you will be updating your Buccaneers player stock report. Uh, any other things you have in the works right now? Uh, also going to be doing uh, X factors players before the game, um, before the game of like who is like the X factor in this particular matchup. So keep on the lookout for that on BucksNation.com as well as like all the other stuff we got. It's not just me. I got a lot of great writers over there. So um, yeah, excited for a full season of coverage here again.
I am excited to dive into a full season to cover. Uh, we have been waiting for this moment a very long time. The next time we talk to you guys, we will be warming up for week one of the NFL season. The Bucks on the road taking on the Minnesota Vikings. It'll be our game preview episode. And uh, maybe we'll squeeze in a call-in show between now and then. I don't know. Got to see how it shakes out. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Uh, take it easy and spend some time with loved ones. That's the least you could do for us. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you guys in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you again for listening, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.